0: Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast, brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia. We are in Brisbane, ahead of the final men's test match of the summer. It's the second test between Australia and the West Indies. My name is Josh Shonafinger, joined on this episode by Adam Burnett, another one of the Queensland Bureau up here. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Josh. Lovely to be here. It has been lovely, and it has been lovely. last couple of days, though, in Brisbane, it's been a bit overcast. Today the sun's poking out, but the forecast, mate, it's not looking super flash for the weekend.
1: It's not, is it? We... Uh there was plenty of talk about maybe another quick test, but uh, the rain could have a decisive say there. I think you took a, a bit of a deep dive into the bomb this morning. So what, what
0: did you discover there, Josh? There's a cyclone, kiralee that's about to hit uh, up near Cairns in the far north of Queensland, and luckily for cricket fans, it's looking like uh, the, most of the off, offshoots of that cyclone are going to hit central and western Queensland and not southeast Queensland where the test is taking place. So that's good news. Definitely
1: cricket. good news. Um, Yeah, fingers crossed, because we have had a lot of rain lately. um, The sun was out this afternoon, though, uh, what are we, 24 hours or so before the test match, um, which is a good thing for a curator who prepared a two-day test last summer. So let's hope uh, it at least lasts a little bit longer than that, though it is looking pretty green again. Does it always look green up here, though? Yeah, it does. But, I mean, if it's... Oh, I reckon it looks similar to the one last year. But, look, we're not pitch experts, are we? So, who knows? We'll see how this test match unfolds. And it's different circumstances too, isn't it? We've it, got it is. day, night, pink ball, so...
0: Yeah, it's exciting. That's another thing to consider. Uh, Australia have a fantastic record in pink ball tests. 11 wins from 11 matches. In fact, all of their pink ball tests have been here in Australia, so maybe that has played a part. But they've really, rarely been challenged in this sort of format of the game. What do you think makes the Aussies such a strong opposition in day-night tests.
1: Well, I think you nailed it there with the home advantage for starters. Experience, another one. I mean, we're having a look at some numbers yesterday and uh, Australia's four bowlers are the leading four wicket takers in pink ball tests. So (laughs) that says it all. I think um, Alzari Joseph uh, took five wickets in the Adelaide test of 2022, which was a day-nighter. Kamar Roach has taken five wickets in, in two tests, um, but I don't think he's played a day-night test since 2018. So, And um, Shamar Joseph, we know, is very new to the test scene. So, yeah, there's a huge gulf in experience there. So that will be um, telling. And I thought it was telling as well, Pat Cummins talking yesterday, about the fact that he hadn't even picked up a pink ball in two years. He seemed very unfazed by the change, which, you know, back in the day when it first came along, um, they were... They were pretty, uh, very cautious and a little bit sceptical of the pink ball, but now it just seems like business as usual.
0: Why don't we have a listen to what uh, Aussie captain Pat Cummins had to say about uh, picking up the pink ball again for the first time in a little while.
1: Uh, I haven't played in a pink ball for a a little while now. I played one at Hobart, I think, two years ago, but um, I can't really speak to the quality of the ball because I just haven't even held one in my hand for a couple
2: of years.
0: We've also got confirmation today of Australia's lineup for the second test. It's going to be unchanged from the first test that uh, won by 10 wickets in Adelaide. So good news for uh, the middle order players, specifically Cameron Green and Travis Head, who have both had to deal with a bit of COVID each this week. Head uh, picked it up last week in Adelaide after the win. And just last night, apparently Cameron Green has contracted it as well.
1: Yes, um, Steve Smith joked that it was good that he was in the gully. They can keep him isolated there and uh, they can mind their own business in the, the cordon safely but uh, yeah I, according to Smith he was very much symptom free same with Travis Head who who we saw go and have a hit today so yeah um, I mean it'll be hot and sticky out there who knows how you know perhaps they'll be a bit fatigued from, from the COVID symptoms um, at some stage but yeah, that remains to be seen. Um, Andrew McDonald was was the other one, wasn't he? And sounds as though he'll be uh, marshalling his troops as usual. And um, yeah, it, it's been a bit strange having um, COVID back in in the uh, in the discussions.
0: Yeah, I mean, we saw it last year with Matt Renshaw in the Sydney Test. It just it's a very comical state of affairs when one player can't celebrate with the rest of the team and they've got to sit on the boundary line away from their mates when they're waiting to bat. I mean, there's got to be some way to sort of get them involved a bit better, doesn't there? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, uh, Cricket Australia were telling us today about a, a separate change
1: room even for uh, for the likes of Head or, or Green or both. Um, which, yeah, sounds a bit lonely and depressing, doesn't it? <laughs> Especially if they score 100 or something. What are they going to be celebrating on their own in there? But, uh, yeah, fingers crossed they just get through this game okay. I think uh, it's it's down in Sydney as well with the, the Big Bash game, uh, with the Big Bash final, sorry, tonight. Uh, Moses Henriques mm. has, has um, contracted COVID as well. So the skipper will be barking orders from a distance down there as well.
0: And speaking of Big Bash final, Matt Renshaw, he's in this test squad, but he's also in the Brisbane Heat squad for tonight's BBL (laughs) final. So if the Heat win, then he has a a few celebratory drinks. He's got to back it up and get up to Brisbane the following day.
1: Yeah, it could be a a dusty Matt Renshaw on his flight back (laughs) to Brisbane. Who knows? But um, yeah, at least he doesn't have to worry about opening the batting, which obviously Steve Smith does. He had a long net session last night under lights so Tuesday night at the at the Gabba under lights and yeah it it looked hard work and he said as much today in his press conference didn't he that um, with the very new pink ball and um, yeah a a bit of movement in the pitch or off the pitch uh, it was challenging and he expects more of the same from the West Indies quicks as well who seemed to really impress him last week particularly Shamar Joseph who we saw get him out with his very first ball against him
0: yeah, he did. Uh, he said he. that's happened to him a little bit, actually, hasn't it, the new bowlers? So why don't we uh, cross over to Smith and his press conference today and hear what he had to say about the Windy's quicks and facing up against the pink ball.
2: Facing the first ball, Shamar, I didn't really know what to really expect. Um, uh, I feel like a lot of new bowlers have got me out before when I faced them for the first time, so it was nothing new, but they're a pretty good attack. They're, they've got some good bowlers in there. Um, and yeah pink ball and when it's nipping around and swinging around might suit them nicely like it does our bowlers I suppose so um, it's always a challenge I think particularly batting under lights when that ball's new it's always difficult so you know I find with the pink ball batting at night it's probably easier to see the ball but this is just me personally I find it easier to see the ball but it probably does more. Um, But in the day I find it more difficult to see, but it probably does less so it kind of evens itself out in a way. Um, I don't know why that is and if if other people have the same um, feelings as I do, but um, yeah, so, no, I, I'm looking forward to the week. I feel like I'm, like I said before, I'm batting well and um, hopefully I can make some good decisions this week and um, get a total.
1: Yeah, I thought that was classic Steve Smith today in his press conference that we've just heard there, uh, the the same guy who spotted a ball of electrical tape from 100 <laughs> metres in a sight screen. So, uh, just Steve Smith being Steve Smith, but he was a good chat today, I thought, and, um, yeah, had some really interesting thoughts on... Not only the um, the pink ball, but the state of Australian pitches, which he and Pat Cummins have both said in recent days, they feel have become a lot more bowler-friendly over recent seasons, which I guess for the viewer is, is probably a pretty good thing. Uh, I think um, we might see some shorter tests, but they're generally pretty lively.
0: Yeah, um, I know fans switched off by big scores, you know, 500 declared and these sort of totals. And they're not the matches we remember, are they? When we look back through time, it's the exciting ones. I mean, last year's test here in Brisbane, it only went for two days, but it'll be talked about for a long time. Two days of chaos, wasn't it? Exactly. And uh, maybe that's why... um, the shorter tests aren't necessarily a bad thing and I used to hate the idea of four-day tests becoming a thing but now I'm actually coming around to it because if the game is fast-forwarded a bit by design maybe we're going to get more exciting cricket and less of the boring stuff. So we make sure that
1: the pitches are a bit more lively yep. play at four days uh, are you looking at more
0: overs packed into those days or is that an impossibility with the over Well we know the players kick up a stink whenever we ask them to bowl more overs during a day so we might leave that one but then again and are you cutting out more cricket from the fans it's a tough question mm. it's probably a place they'd ideally like to get to the four days but
1: yeah time will
0: tell. Let's move over to the West Indies team. They showed some signs in the first test it's fair to say but at the end of the day the scorecard says it was a 10 wicket loss. Uh, It's a bit tough for them to make too many changes to the side because a lot of their reserve players who didn't play in the first test don't have any tests to their name so they'd be bringing in someone inexperienced. That's why I think they'll probably stick with the same batting lineup. They might look to bring in Kevin Sinclair the off spinner to give them a bit more batting from their lower order but I reckon they should stick faith with their top seven Definitely showed positive signs they were in it,
1: Pat Cummins definitely thought they were competitive didn't he at stages in that test Um, the big challenge of course is is piecing that together across the course of a test match against a, a very good Australian side in their backyard and Yeah, I I do think the experience will will again show, or the the lack of experience. But, um, no, look, they were more competitive than we anticipated, and let's hope for more of that.
0: Yeah, so it was an unbelievably uh, inexperienced side. I mean, we know Craig Brathwaite, he's the captain. He's been around for 87 tests. But then if we go down that top order, Tejnar and Chandipur, only eight tests to his name. Kirk McKenzie had one. Alec Athanase had two. And then two debutants, Kevin Hodge and Justin Greaves, had none to their name. So, I mean... That's a top six of basically single-figure test players. You've got to give them a bit of time to find their feet at this level.
1: For sure. And I, I think we saw that particularly with Kirk McKenzie at number three. He was quite impressive, wasn't he? He batted played well. played
0: glorious shots.
1: Yeah. And look, at the other end of the scale, there is experience there. Like you said, Brathwaite, who scored 100 out here uh, last summer, and Kamara Roach, who was seen incredibly, <laughs> um, was on... The scorecard of the last time the Windies in Australia met at the Gabba, um, the one remaining player from either side from that test match way back in 2009, which is an incredible <laughs> feat in itself. But, um, yeah, look, there's some positivity there for, for the West Indies and hopefully they can take it into this Gabba test.
0: There's been a few changes to Australia's white ball squads as well. We know that the West Indies are bringing out a very strong T20 squad for that series that's going to be taking place in a couple of weeks. But today we've got Australia's T20 squad for that fixture. Uh, Mitch Marsh is going to captain the team. Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark are going to have a rest. So is Steve Smith, actually. But it's a big-hitting, big-bash All-Stars sort of side, and it features a lot of players who won that T20 World Cup in 2021.
1: It does. I, it's good to see Matt Short in there, obviously, after a well deserved massive yeah. season uh, with the big-bash. And I was actually surprised not to see Jake Fraser McGurk get a Guernsey there, I thought maybe he would have
0: got a start. Uh, obviously added to the one-day squad. Yeah, let's touch on that. So mm-hmm. Bartlett and Fraser McGurk come into the one-day squad along with Will Sutherland. So a couple of fresh faces there as I guess selectors look ahead to the next World Cup in yeah, just under four years' time.
1: Yeah, and I mean with Bartlett and, and Sutherland added in, um, I hear the Michael Nessa fans screaming from afar. It's a good call. But look, He's almost – those two guys are, what, 25, 24, um, and Nessa, unfortunately, um, is is just caught up in this era of very good fast bowlers. And and these guys, I think Pat said – Yesterday that it's always a consideration age as as they look Mm -hmm. towards these marquee uh, white ball events, the ICC World Cups and Champions Trophies and the like. Um, So, I mean, it it makes sense to give the youngsters um, a dose of experience uh, where they can. And this is a pretty good opportunity for that. There's lots of Michael Nisa fans up here in Brisbane too, aren't there? Absolutely, yeah. He's well-loved. He's well-loved well across the country.
0: <laughs> uh, if you want to see those squads, jump onto cricket.com.au or the CA Live app. You can find all that information right there. Adam, do you want to make any big calls for this final test match uh, before they get underway in the Gabba? I don't know if it's a huge call, but I do think Steve
1: Smith will break what's been a bit of a runs drought by certainly by Smith's standards, and I think we can expect to see him score his first hundred as a Test opener. Most wickets with the pink ball. Oh, good question. Uh, let's let's run with Josh Hazelwood. Um, like it. He's obviously uh, landing them in the right areas as he has a, a habit of doing, and uh, yeah, it's it's garnering in plenty of wickets certainly did in adelaide and uh, yeah it'd be hard to see not more of the same in in brisbane
0: this has been the unplayable podcast brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of australia and enjoy the gabba test